Hi, everyone, and welcome to First State Insights, a podcast presented by the University of Delaware's Institute for Public Administration. We call ourselves IPA for short. My name is Troy Mix. I'm Associate Director at IPA and your host for this episode. This episode of First State Insights is part of IPA's Visions of Recovery series, which features conversations on five important questions. What's one thing you think will be changed for good after the pandemic? What's one thing you hope will change? What needs to happen for this change to occur? What are you doing to make it happen? And how can folks get involved? My guest is Tierra Fair. Tierra is Senior Director of Community Engagement at United Way of Delaware, where she has statewide responsibility for advocating on behalf of underserved Delawareans and collaborating with key community stakeholders to create opportunities for positive change. On November 18th, 2021, Tierra and I spoke about the need to advance racial justice with a focus on possibilities for continued progress in Delaware. Let's get to the conversation. Good morning, Tierra. Glad to have you today. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. As we get rolling here, could you tell us who you are and what you do? My name is Tierra Fair. I am the Senior Director of Community Engagement for United Way of Delaware. It's a really fancy title, but really I do a lot of our public policy work. I handle a lot of our volunteer work and anything that's front facing. I also love to say that I'm usually the person that United Way calls when they're doing something new or innovative. And I love being known for that, for being able to bring new and innovative ideas and programming and initiatives to the forefront of nonprofits. So it's a little bit of everything and I love it. So with that kind of broad engagement in your job, and I know United Way is really involved in a lot of communities and there's been a lot of community impacts the last two years during the pandemic. So you've been kind of close to a lot of that. And I'm curious, what's something that you think will be kind of changed for good coming out of the pandemic? You know, one thing that I have to mention when I talk, when we talk about United Way and some of the things that United Way of Delaware has impacted or changed during the pandemic, and then also the world has changed, is just this reinvigorated focus on diversity, racial equity, and social justice. So I have been so lucky to be the United Way of Delaware lead for our racial equity challenges. It was such a beautiful sight to have 8,000 people globally participate in our 21-day racial equity challenge in September of 2020. And since then, for this whole year of 2021, we started this monthly racial equity challenge where we focus on topics that are around racial equity every single month for five days. And then we have these community discussions at the end of it. That has probably been some of the most rewarding work, not just because of United Way's refocus on it with us relaunching the Delaware Racial Justice Collaborative, but also because of, you know, when I tell you 8,000 people globally, that means that there were so many corporations that are just reinvigorated by what we do and really making sure that we end systemic racism because it's so possible to do it, but it is a matter of extreme focus over time. So there's, you know, 8,000 individuals participating, you know, obvious kind of reinvigoration when you see those numbers. What are hopeful signs you see 
in how they were engaged or what comments you got from their the participants on kind of that there'll be next steps to actually end systemic racism or make progress towards that? You know, what I hear more than anything is people understanding their thoughts and their own implicit biases that they have had since they were a kid. We all have implicit bias. And the first step is acknowledging that you have it and understanding how it can affect others around you. That's kind of what the racial equity challenge is all about. It's challenging you to think different, understand other people's plight, understand historical context. That's the first step. And then the second step would be, okay, now can I have a conversation about it? How comfortable am I talking to my friends, neighbor, and the people in my circle and challenging their ideas? And then the next step is like, okay, now that I challenge these people in my circle, how can I get beyond my circle and start to advocate and push in a bigger way in front of more people, in front of our lawmakers and like, how can I do that? And so again, it starts with, it's so personal and that's why the challenges have been so successful. It's a personal journey that you get to take for you and you don't have to be embarrassed if you don't know something or if you thought you felt one way, but you're trying to figure it out. You don't have to be embarrassed by that. This is a personal journey. You share as much as you want to share with others. But our hope is that it won't stay with you once you start to have that knowledge that you'll search out more knowledge and that you'll start to share it with your circle and that circle just grows and gets bigger. So you see kind of an obvious network being formed, obvious, you know, great engagement in the the equity challenges. You know, speaking of hope, what's one thing you hope will change moving forward? You know, I hope that we will be building on what we've already started. Systemic racism isn't gonna go away tomorrow. It's something that is going to take time. It took years and years to create the systems that we have in place right now that are disproportionately affecting black and brown people. So it's going to take years and years to fix it. My hope is that we will stay on the beaten path that will continue that this reinvigoration won't slowly fade away and that we understand how important it is. And so everyone will continue to think about why it's so important to have diverse thoughts and minds and how each of us has their own thing to give to the world and make sure that that is possible. And when we talk about systemic racism, could we kind of step back or to the side a little bit? Could you paint the picture a little bit in terms of systems that are in place that have developed in a racist way or are racist in outcome? Like, what are some of the ones that people aren't aware of, need to be made aware of? What helps paint that picture for folks? You know, there are so many systems in place. I think the one that I'm probably the most passionate about is around health and health outcomes. When we talk about Black mothers being um, two and a half times likely to die during childbirth, we realize that this is not just an issue that is uh, sporadic or, oh, it's just a them problem. We realize that that's an issue in healthcare. We, We realize that that's an issue. Someone is being treated differently, and we need to change that. In my own personal experience, I was looking for a therapist 
And what I realized is that part of therapy is finding someone that you feel connected to. And a lot of times that you have the same experiences with, that you can share experiences with. And it is almost nearly impossible to find an African-American woman therapist. And those are things that are not inherently racist, but when we look at, okay, well, why aren't there a lot of African-American therapists? If something, you know, statistically, if it was random, then it would be kind of one of those things where it would, it would represent the population and that would be that. When it's not representative of the population, you have to ask the question, okay, well, what's happening to make it not? You, when you look at the schooling, um, when you look at uh, our, our students being when we talk about college and career readiness, are students being exposed to this pathway? And do they see where uh, this as being a viable career? When we talk about, okay, when they go to school, are they the only ones there? Do they feel accepted? And then as a whole, when they become, when they're practicing, do they, are they getting hired equally? All of those things start to ramp up and then you see, okay, there's something more to that. And that is hurtful in other ways. So you see, you see like people who maybe need therapy aren't getting what everything that they need or could need because of all these other systems in place. And and it's just so secular. So I think health is probably something that I'm the most passionate about. When we talk about the criminal justice system, you know, we can talk about how right now the government is allowing people to sell marijuana and there are still men and women who are in jail for selling marijuana and have been, are in jail for a long time <laughs> and have been in jail for a long time. That is insane. It doesn't even make any sense that that is happening right now. And I think that we can all agree on that. If you can go to a dispensary, then a human should not be in jail for selling the same thing that the dispensary is now selling. And most of those people are black and brown people. And so I have to be honest, like those are just the conundrums that we deal with every day that are just like, no, that's inherently racist. We should do something about it. As I hear you talk, I mean, there are some things that are inherently racist, some more blatant racist policies than others. But then when you try to disentangle everything, it's like these interlocking systems. You not being able to find a therapist has a lot of causes and a lot of outcomes that you don't just solve simply or overnight. And, you know, maybe things haven't faded away completely, but we've gone away a bit from more visible protests, at least at the scale that we saw at some points during the pandemic. What for you needs to happen for the focus to stay on making progress on systemic racism? You know, that's kind of the million dollar question. I think if I really knew the exact answer, the magic formula, I would be, in fact, maybe a millionaire, a billionaire even. So the truth is that I don't know the exact answer. But what I do know is that it's really important that we get young people involved that we hear young voices, that we start early, that students are understanding, all students are understanding who they are, who their counterparts are, understanding history. I was so proud of HB 198 
being passed. And that is just making sure that African-American history is incorporated into the curriculum in school. I will be even happier with that bill when we see what that actually comes of it. And we start creating systems and rules and and plans in place so that we know that this is going to be executed to the full extent and it's actually going to happen because I'm glad that the bill's in place, but right now it's up to the teachers. I think all of that matters. Understanding who you are, understanding history, understanding who others are. All of that makes you a different type of person. I think that having Black student unions and making sure that Black voice is within schools so that students are never feeling as though they can't say something about how they're feeling and their disenfranchisement. I think that all of that plays a role into creating young adults that are more responsible, who can advocate for themselves and can advocate for others, both Black, white, white, Latino, Asian, every, every human, I think all Native American, all of, I think us understanding each other's culture in in the beginning will allow us to become young adults that can advocate that are more caring towards others that maybe then become adults and are older adults who are able to change laws and make a difference and in systemic racism. So to me, all starts with the kids. And that is my goal is to create as much as I can to teach, create children that will become amazing older adults that will make the world a better place. Certainly lofty, worthy goal to to create (laughs) children that become my big hairy audacious. (laughs) That's a as a parent, that's a good place to be. You want your your kids to to grow up to be great people and and kind and and helpful to make the world a better place. And I guess what are you doing to make this happen? How are you you focusing on that children aspect or other aspect of the issues that you see necessary for the ongoing change we need? You know, I've had the most amazing journey because I personally have been able to work at United Way of Delaware and we're doing just that. The Delaware Racial Justice Collaborative was reinvigorated after the murder of George Floyd and specifically works in the areas of health, wealth creation, diversity, equity, and inclusion criminal justice, and more education, all of those things to really end systemic racism in those areas. One of the ways the DRJC is doing that is in our health committee, they are working on creating a directory of Black and Brown healthcare professionals. And It's pretty amazing because I don't think I even told them my story about finding a therapist or, and don't get me started on finding a primary care physician, but, you know, just having that, that type of directory like minds together, when we talk about public policy, we have really been advocating for a plethora of bills that even the Black Caucus has really pushed this last legislative session. And I've gotten to do the racial equity challenge. So that's what I do at work. After work, I own the GoDo Training Center with my partner, Kenneth Everett. And we actually teach 
we teach karate and kickboxing. And so in my mind, um, in most people's mind, they're like, ah, what is, how are you helping the masses teach? Well, that's where I get to teach, right? Uh, We have children from three all the way up to adults, young adults that are, we are working with daily and we have over a hundred students active right now, but we've had hundreds of students come through our doors and teaching them who they are, teaching them about confidence, about being kind, about having integrity, about all, all of those be, taking initiative and teaching them to be better people is what brings me so much joy in life. And, you know, it's people say, well, that is not necessarily the fight. That's not you fighting racial systemic racism, but I truly believe it is. And I just told you how passionate I am about education and how starting with students is so important. That's my part in starting with students. And I love that so much. Most of the students we serve are near the city. They live close, they live close to the city. We serve students of all races and nationalities. And it's just been a beautiful, beautiful thing. And how can people in the community get involved either in what United Way is doing or kind of the efforts you're doing kind of in hands-on fashion in your work outside of United Way? You know, I just tell people to jump in. Dr. Michelle Taylor, the CEO of United Way of Delaware, she always says, we're all on a bus. We're on a bus to end systemic racism. And, you know, there's room on the bus for everyone. It's just, you jump in and you jump in and you do what you can do to make the change. It might be something easy. It might be saying like, I only have an hour once a month, so I'm going to do reading angels and I'm going to teach children how to read because I know if they are better readers, then they'll be, they'll do better in school, which will make them more able to advocate for themselves and others later on in life. That's, that's making a difference, right? It might be that you want to be a part of one of the DRJC or Delaware Racial Justice Collaborative committees, and you want to be on the ground fighting for policies to change and really end systemic racism that way. If you have time, then that's what you do. Come jump on the bus. We have room for you. We need you. Come on. And, you know, it's really about just finding whatever you can do and doing it. Well, Tara, I really appreciate you taking time today out of your important work that you've got going on on this topic and a lot of others, I'm sure. So thanks so much for joining me today. I can't say thank you enough. And as a blue hen, I am forever grateful for my school community. So this has been magnificent. Anytime I'm ready to talk and encourage others to talk. So I hope that everyone comes, calls me, volunteer, all those things like come, we have room for you. Let's find a place for you at the table. Visit uwde.org to learn more about the United Way of Delaware and the Delaware Racial Justice Collaborative. For more on the Institute for Public Administration, including our Recover Delaware initiative, visit ipa.udel.edu. Thanks for listening today. Reach out with comments, subscribe to First State Insights, and tune in again soon. Take care.